today with a graph on the wall. There are about 350 miles of fencing that will stop people called a fence, called a wall. I think you're really being a something or other if you <laughs> make a distinction. Can we just call it a barrier? What difference does it make? Uh, and about 300 miles it can stop vehicles. Does that mean vehicles only and not people? Or the people the walls you can drive a car through? I don't know what they... The differentiation between That's those like, little tire spikes going around across the border. Or, or you like your little concrete pylons or something that humans walk around, but they keep cars okay. off the sidewalk. Okay. So that's interesting. I hadn't heard it break. I'd heard it. we have about 700 miles of fence right. slash wall, but only 354 of it will stop people. The other 300 is just vehicles. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. I heard another Chuck Schumer speech from a few years ago in which he was saying, a person carrying 200 pounds of marijuana can't get it over a wall. That's why walls and barriers are important. I'm paraphrasing, but <laughs> it was just a few years ago. Um, but So I still don't understand why the Republicans or journalists don't get in the face of somebody and say, should we tear down the 354 miles of fence we currently have? Mm-hmm. If it's immoral, how do you argue that we don't tear that down? Because I'd like to hear the answer to that. Right. Rhetorically, that's that's a tough one. Well, they're trying to make it sound like the wall, and the journalists are complicit in this, is and must only be the entirety of the uh, U.S. southern border. Uh, building Trump's wall. What do you mean by that? Do you mean like another hundred miles of physical barrier? Well, that's not quote-unquote Trump's wall, because when you use that phrase, it's uh, everybody's picturing what, <laughs> admittedly... The tangerine one uh, pitched. A giant golden T-R-U-M-P. Well, a 30-foot <laughs> tall concrete edifice from sea to shining sea. And and he did kind of sort of pitch that, so I get that. But we're just talking about somewhat enhancing, repairing, and, and, and perhaps extending the physical barrier, which everybody is in favor of when they're being honest. You know, I will grant you that... You know, some of Trump's rhetoric makes it a little tough for Democrats to come around. And they've they've also dug in their heels in a position that if they were to come around, they well, their rhetoric's been so strong now, they can't say, you know, a little extra wall is perfectly reasonable and a physical barrier wall in favor of that. Because they've decried it as racist and immoral and horrific and Nazi and the rest of it. So everybody's put themselves in positions where they can't do what's obviously reasonable. And, in, and you know, and God help me as a small government guy for saying this. God forgive me. But we're talking about a tiny amount of money, federal budget-wise. I'm into the 2020 presidential election. I can't stop myself. For whatever reason, that is one of my hobbies. I really, really enjoy it. I got a text from a friend of mine who is uh, in government who said, since you're the only guy who's interested in me in the 2020 campaign, I thought you'd be interested in this. A campaign staffer I met in 2016 reached, reached out and shared that he's currently fielding offers from Bernie, Biden, Booker, and Gabbard. That's the congresswoman from Hawaii who yeah. announced over the weekend. At a minimum, this means they all have campaign teams generals in place already and are picking their respective field commanders like my friend now. In short, they are you don't have to wait for an announcement. All those people are already running. Oh, clearly, yeah. yeah. Um, did you see the story that broke while we're on vacation and it was around for like 48 hours that there was sexual harassment in the Bernie campaign? Oh, yeah. And uh, unless I misheard that story, it seems super dumb to me. It well, here's what's not dumb because I guarantee you this happened. Somebody got that into the newspapers who was wanting to take Bernie down a couple of notches. Right. Oh, clearly that was that yeah. was that was opposition placed 
uh, news story. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that much to it. Why now? It's because he's deciding whether or not he wants to run, and somebody on Elizabeth Warren's side, somebody who, oppos- who occupies the same space as Bernie. Right. And I don't know who that would be. Elizabeth Warren would be a good one. But somebody wanted to to put an end to Bernie, mm-hmm. snuff him out, and then we'll take those people. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of that in the coming months. Well, the stories were like, in one district in Ohio, there was one guy who was a real jerk and treated women badly. And then over there, across the, in the uh, eastern Washington state, there was a guy who like harassed a woman, and Bernie was supposed to have quashed this right. somehow. It's just ridiculous. But whoever got those stories placed in the New York Times for a couple of days had the knives out for Bernie. And I it's just, hot, man. Hashtag me too. There's only so many big donors around out there, and they're all vying for that. And 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 you need you know there's different spaces to occupy. You're the you're the candidate of the the mi- the minorities. You're the candidate of um, uh, socialism or you know uh, big government handouts like Bernie is or whatever. And somebody somebody in that arena wanted to bring him down. That's a tough game from your own side. Oh, yeah. Maybe even somebody you're good friends with. Well, we haven't seen the multi-direction, blind, sprawling knife fight that is going to be the. The primary uh, situation. I mean, I think, you know, the Republican go-round the last time was chaotic and and nasty, partly because, I don't know, uh, Donald Trump uh, broke some new ground in saying some crazy stuff. Also, there are quite a few different guys fighting for the same space. I think it's going to be worse on the Democrats. I haven't seen anybody trying to occupy the Trump, I'll say anything, space yet. Mm. I don't know if that's to come later. I thought we would see some Trump imitators. You know, I'm going to be brash and say just crazy, out there, uh, politically incorrect by 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 normal times things. Yeah, well, I haven't seen that yet. Or, or they might not, you know, play the same notes as Trump, but you know, be from the same school. Like an Oprah would be disarmingly frank mm-hmm. and natural in a Trump-esque way, but not, you know, like I say, he she wouldn't play his notes. It would almost have to be somebody like that. I'm trying to think. Kamala Harris doesn't have it in her. Um, Cory Booker's a stiff. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard's a bright gal, uh, but she's, I don't know, she doesn't have much of a chance. I... Uh, of the politicians, I don't know. Biden would be pretty decent at it, but he's as old as the hills. And Yeah, he was going to fight Trump out behind the school. So That's right. Um, oh, man, oh. pay-per-view, please. A couple of 70-year-olds throwing dogs. Oh, boy, make them wear suits, too. Um, it's a good thing, I think, for America that AOC is 29 and not 35, or she'd be getting the questions endlessly, and the speculation would be endless on whether or not she was going to run. A 29-year-old. But she's she's too young, so yeah, that conversation's over. Now, one of the things Bernie ran on was uh, paying off the Spanish-American War. <laughs> That's an age shot. Which he 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 not he, proud of it. He fought on the side of the Spanish, <laughs> just like he honeymooned in Moscow. Right. Um, <laughs> no, he part of what he ran on was paying off the college loan debt, and we just heard a proposal from the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. This new idea of you, you sign some sort of deal that when you get out of college, your first employer a percentage of your wages will go to pay off your your college loans. Which yeah, it's like getting an agent. It's indentured servitude or close to slavery or <laughs> something some, like that. The, the company store or something. <laughs> I mean, it's it just it just it would start with someplace and it would end where you the first ten years of your life, all your salary goes to pay off your college. 
You never make a dime. Oh, my God. I think it's a smallish chunk, but if you make a lot, you pay a lot. If you make a little, you pay a little. I'm sure the taxpayer ends up subsidizing something in there. And I was looking at what I got saved for college for my kids. I got two problems. One, I'm less certain every single day that, that, that I even need to be in that mindset that they're going to college. The I'm, current model of colleges can't last. I, it's I'm ridiculous. Just, and I'm less convinced than ever that that's the best way, the best route. I mean, for, for years and years and years and years, it has been, and statistics show you it is, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just, I'm not as convinced as I used to be that that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, some sort of education, some sort of plan, obviously a good idea, but I'm not sure the get the big degree and spend a gazillion dollars is what I want my kids to do. But also in terms of even if I did decide I want to do that, I have no idea what it's going to cost or what that's going to look like in the future. My kids are eight and uh, seven and eight right now. Yeah. It's got to come to an end. It just has to. Well, you would think, but it's backed by big government, big university. It's funny. You hear about big pharma and big energy and the rest of it. Big university is a giant profitable industry. It's backed by big government. I'm also seeing more and more stories about companies adding the additional benefit uh, to prospective employees of, hey, we'll help you pay down right. your college debt. Yeah. And so you come work for us. In addition to the salary, we'll we'll tackle your college debt for you. Or yeah. we'll pay for you to get a degree while you yes, work here. It's true. I've seen that too, as yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, if it's something that could translate into you helping out our company. I, I, just, I don't know if the model of getting an art degree because it would be fun or a theater degree because it would be fun or whatever it is you're going to do, stuff that I all really, really love to do, but I don't know if the model of doing that and going $100,000 in debt is just continues to make sense for people. Oh, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. The question is, does the presence of a college degree on your resume still mean what it has in terms of enhancing your earnings throughout your lifetime? I would argue that with the increase in the attendance of college um, and and getting degrees, it means less than it used to. It, it used to. to be your upper, and, and forgive me, these numbers are going to be wildly imprecise, but you know what I'm talking about. It used to be the upper 20% of students ended up with a college degree. Now it's like the upper sixty. Well, it's also and just the the whole the whole, the, the the nation's attitude the 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 experience of what it is now. If I meet a twenty three year old fresh out of college, and my first thought would be, you have no life experience. And part of it is the socioeconomic area I live in, mm-hmm. but it would be you've got no you you went from high school where you never had a job and went through college with no job and got a degree and nothing that can make you any money, and now you're starting life. While increasingly they're terrified about challenging you and any of your ideas about life, you're just coddled because you're writing gigantic, or mommy and daddy or the government is writing gigantic chats, and we don't want to make you mad, so we will coddle you all through college as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah you think about this a lot when you're a parent, obviously, what, what road you want to go and all that sort of stuff. I just know my niece, who is 16 now, and she got a job a year and a half ago working in a restaurant. She works a fair number of hours. She works like 30 hours a week in the summer and works a fair amount during the school year. She just changed into a completely different human being. Wow. From having that experience. Wow. She's like a grown-up. How interesting. And and I know people who are in their mid-20s who aren't even close to as grown-up as her. How would you Who are still in graduate school somewhere. How would you describe the change more specifically? Oh, look at the client. The client. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Just has that air of you're talking to a grown-up. Mm. Has a responsible adult view of the world. Uh-huh. Complaints about their boss. You know, typical adult things. <laughs> less, <laughs> less dreamy and, and childlike. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Less unicornian. More plow horse-esque. Has she done the move yet where when out with the, the elders of the family, uncles, dads, and stuff, where she, she reaches for her, hey, let me let me help out or get the... No, she, but I will suggest that. 
Uh, I remember doing that when I first had a job, and of course the uncles never let me pay. But I enjoyed that's the, a good one. The, the art of hey, hey, let me let me help out with that. Right. That's a that's a great one. I'm an earner. That's awesome. Our text line's four one five two nine five KFTC. The Mexican government must be racists because they're closing those migrant shelters. We'll talk about that, among other things. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's what we deal with on the Armstrong and Getty show. Is it? Sometimes. Okay. Got a 51-year-old big guy who punched an 11-year-old girl outside a mall. But there's a... <sighs> I'm generally against that. I'm generally against that? She's 11? She's 11. Oh, boy. I am definitely generally against that uh, from a guy who's 6'5", 230. Um, we're punching anybody, really. But there are some people coming to his defense saying, what was he supposed to do? So, I don't know. I, I don't know watched, anything about this I haven't this watched story. the video yet. Okay. I haven't nailed that down. Maybe oh, we'll get to that one later. Moral dilemma. <laughs> also, the racist, racist Mexican government, that's the only reason you would be cracking down on Central American migrants is racism. And speaking of racism, here's a fascinating conversation taped for some reason, somehow or other, I don't know, and I don't care. Between David Webb, who is a Fox contributor of some uh, Fox News contributor of some stripe, and uh, Ariva Martin of CNN discussing a couple of different things. People want to get into these fields regardless of color. I've chosen to. People want to get into these fields regardless of color. I've chosen to cross different parts of the media world, done the work so that I'm qualified to be in each one. I never considered my color. The issue, I considered my qualifications the issue. Well, David, you know, that that's a whole nother long conversation about white privilege and things that you have the privilege of doing that people of color don't have the privilege of. How do I have the privilege of white privilege? David, by virtue of being a white male, you have white privilege. This whole long conversation, I don't have time to get Ariva, I hate to break it to you, but you should have been better prepped. I'm black. Okay, then I stand... See, you went to white privilege. This is the falsehood in this. You went immediately with an assumption. Your people, obviously, or you didn't look. You're talking to a black man. They who started out in rock radio in Boston, who crossed the paths into hip-hop, rebuilding one of the greatest black stations in America, and went on to work for Fox News, where I'm told apparently blacks aren't supposed to work, but yet you come with this assumption and you go to white privilege. That's actually insulting. Yeah, okay, there you have it. I tell you what, eh, nothing lasts. This too shall pass. The good book says that, and I think some what, of these trends. America? Well, no. Or these trends? No, the the trends of of just I don't know. Everybody playing some sort of card of some grievance or whatever. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I do know. It will pass into something worse. Ah! No, we'll see. It'll change. Civilizations crumble. They, yes, they, they do. This too shall pass. Could be this sort of attitude, but it could be the Roman Empire past. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. 
It'll be interesting to watch. Identity politics are so weird. Oh, I know. I know. And so useful. Mexican authorities are preparing to close the largest Central American migrant shelter known as El Beratol, located in the eastern outskirts of Tijuana because they're racists. Ask your doctor if El Beratol is right for you. (laughs) Uh, The closure signals a somewhat bittersweet end to the Caravana Migrante. Play the theme music, Michael. That became a national obsession with impacts still untold. No, senor! Life inside El Baratol for the 700 or so remaining Central Americans who arrived in November as part of that caravan of about 6,000, which didn't exist, you remember that, has settled into comfortable daily and weekly rhythms. Um, except now that they're closing it, the rhythms are somewhat upset. Um, even as a new uh, caravan is taking shape in Honduras, or one of your places, um, and, and will continue to, uh, to head till El Norte, but uh, now the Mexicans are cracking down on it again because of the racism. Uh, I wonder, will we move beyond this chaotic, idiotic refusal to deal with immigration in a coherent way? Right. This period can't last because it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Everybody's spouting nonsense. Yeah. Well, when, do bit, the, when do the adults get the floor? We're in about a bit of a showdown right now. I don't know if you've been following the news. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, Senator Lindsey Graham going after the FBI. As Joe was mentioning, we have yet another caravan headed our way. And yikes, the ice caps are melting quickly. Coming up. Ain't good if you're a penguin or a polar bear. Hmm? Mm. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. There's something wrong with this So is this what we are as a country now? A video goes viral, and then we all guess as to what happened and make comments about it? And argue bitterly. <clears throat> yes. It happens a lot. Shootings, beatings, etc. You got a uh, very large man punching a quite small girl at a mall. What precipitated it? No idea. But people are running wild with uh, comments either way. And separating into fairly predictable camps. and uh, Yeah, there's, there's a racial issue. <laughs> yeah. Of course, none of us have any idea what was what's going on. In general, I think large dudes shouldn't punch small girls. Good Lord. That's a brave stance. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just glad I'm at work so I could watch it. At home, we're on day three and no internet. I'm not going to start criticizing the company that we just recently switched to, but if, I don't know, you're thinking of apples, toads, and turtles, anteaters, tigers, and tornadoes, Art, Tom, and Tim, you might be thinking of the right company. Three days, guys. Three days. What gives? Let's get it up and running. You're talking to a major media celebrity here, and you're starting to torque me off. Get her done, fellas. Daddy needs his internet. <laughs> Get the news now with Marcia Phillips. Well, Attorney General nominee William Barr is encountering relatively smooth sailing in his Senate confirmation hearing so far today. Barr said he disagrees with President Trump, doesn't believe special uh, counsel Mueller's involved in a witch hunt, and says the investigation should be allowed to finish out. So again, so far, fairly smooth. Meanwhile, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, uh, Committee, Senator Lindsey Graham, is ticked off about the New York Times report that the FBI opened a counterintelligence investigation regarding the possibility that President Trump was a Russian agent after the president had fired former bureau chief James Comey. 
Graham intends to ask the FBI Director Christopher Wray about it, telling Fox News Sunday... Well, number one, that story came from somebody who leaked it with an agenda. So I'd like to know who leaked it because they have an agenda not very friendly to President Trump. Graham going on to add... I'm going to ask the FBI director, was there a counterintelligence investigation opened up regarding the president as being a potential agent of the Russians? I find it astonishing. And to me, it tells me a lot about the people running the FBI, uh, McCabe and that crowd. I don't trust them as far as I throw them. So if this really did happen, Congress needs to know about it. And, I, and what I want to do is make sure, how could the FBI do that? What kind of checks and balances are there? Can I boil this down just real quickly? Because, yeah. listen, if you look at it from a certain point of view, you think uh, Trump's too cozy with Russia and, and you just can't stand Trump. Well, a drunken Papadopoulos spouting off about Russian contacts, uh, Manafort friendly with various oligarchs, that sort of thing. It's not like there's nothing there. I'll, I'll admit that. What, what uh, Lindsey Graham is hinting at, though, is what does it take to get an FBI investigation of a sitting president going, or a newly elected president? Is it just two guys who really dislike him? In which is case, it one drunken campaign staffer? What? What's the threshold? Right. R- right. Yeah, and and it ought to be pretty damned high because then you've got a lower level of the executive branch spying on the boss of that branch. Right. And here's the problem: and you you can see how quickly that even if you don't think this was out of hand, and Lindsey Graham, I hope, is going to get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. You can see how quickly it could get out of hand. Right. Maybe you're a Democrat, you hate uh, Trump. Here's an example for you. If you have, you know, a slim pretext to think that, you know, whatever, uh, President Elizabeth Warren is too friendly with, uh, I don't know, Denmark. Um, and there are a couple of uh, Denmarkians in her campaign, whatever. You you just you come up with yeah. some pretext to start the investigation. Investigations wander. They sprawl, especially if you can get a special prosecutor appointed or a special counsel, I guess they're called now. Um, that leads to businesses, that leads to taxes, which leads to family members, which leads to friends, which leads to other campaign aides. It just leads, ask Bill Clinton where it leads. It leads from a somewhat yeah. suspicious subdivision project in Little Rock, to Monica Lewinsky in her dress. So the idea is if the FBI can just start something, surely we can bring this gal down somehow, someday. you, you got to understand, what's the threshold? How does that get started? Is there a standard? Another major caravan leaving Honduras this morning on its way to the U.S. southern border. At least 500 people in this caravan. All of this prompting the president to call out House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer on Twitter. Trump tweeting this morning, quote, A big new caravan is heading up to our southern border from Honduras. Tell Nancy and Chuck that a drone flying around will not stop them. Only a wall will work. Only a wall or a steel barrier will keep our country safe. Stop playing political games and end the shutdown! Exclamation point. End of quote. Trump called the FBI scoundrels yesterday. Appreciated that term. People don't say scoundrel enough. Maybe he can bring that back. Yep. Making scoundrel great again. New research is warning... Miska. Miska. New research warning that Earth's ice is melting away at a disquieting rate. A UC Irvine study looked at Antarctica's ice and determined that a crucial ice sheet has been melting for the last 39 years. The research found an even more ominous finding that the rate of ice loss in Antarctica 
has increased each decade. It is now melting six times faster than in the 1980s. I got a nice maker in my fridge, so I'm not that concerned about it. I think I'll be all right. Uh, Marshall, what's your source? Are you being bought off by the liberal uh, climate change people? University of California at Irvine. Did Never the study. heard of it. I see. I see. You're walking that away. Art college somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll keep an eye on the ice. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Somebody's got to be. Bunch of scoundrels out there. Squawky wants us to set him loose so he can go down there and prey on the seal carcasses and dead polar bears I hear about. Let's kick it. So have you nailed this down yet? Uh, why this guy punched this girl outside the mall? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, more or less. Um, it looks a little hectic and scary. I just wonder what I would do in, this, in a similar situation, although I don't know exactly what happens. It is a little hectic and scary. On the other hand, I'm not sure he needed to take out the 11-year-old girl. 11 is pretty young. You'll never guess what this guy does for a living, either. Okay. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. Hagar, Michael. We mentioned him there earlier in the show. Yeah. Your Love is Driving Me Crazy, which uh, Rick Springfield made a big hit. That's right. Um, Samuel Hagar was one of my favorites in high school. Loved Samuel. Cool. Not exactly the most sophisticated music around, but it made me happy. There you go. Former lead singer of Van Halen. Uh, Indeed, and uh, Montrose way back in the day. Sammy Hagar is 70 years old. Get out of here. I'm serious. I wouldn't lie to you. How much does the average American read per day, time-wise? Two hours. The what? average American. That's what it says in this study. Oh, that includes uh, computer everything. screen time. That includes everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, so we were just talking during the break. I have long stuff I want to read, but I spend all day reading short stuff. Right. So uh, 70% of people say they wish they read more. What is keeping people from reading more books? Well, you, your, your guesses would be right. Please. Scrolling through social media, playing games on my phone, watching TV. Those are the top three things people say. Having the attention span of a flea. That's part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you can just stop cold turkey, not check your social media, not look at text, not read your emails and the rest of it, and then settle down with Moby Dick. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. I, my mind is just, it's, it's, it's not... The way it used to be. Man, I have read a couple of books lately that I've really enjoyed, but I have to I have to stand over my own shoulder like some sort of school marm and say, ah, hey, hey, focus. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Get back to it. Which is funny because I used to read uh, books voraciously, but not no more. So I've watched the video and read as much as I can about this uh, large gentleman in North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina, which is one of the most beautiful places on earth. I sure. love, love uh, Eastern Carolina. Um, I love most of the Carolinas, actually. Uh, Western Carolina, rather. Um, he's 51 years old. He's uh, six foot something or other and 250 pounds. He's a big old boy, no doubt. He is being surrounded by, it would appear to be, Adolescent 
females. I'm going to watch this as I talk, just to make this sure. This is a video that has gone viral, ladies and gentlemen. Viral. There's an adult woman. There's some, obviously, teenage girls. Some appear to be pre-teens. They are surrounding him and shouting and screaming at him. A couple run up and push him physically. Um, He pushes a girl backward. Sounds like a, somebody posed the question the other day, how many chihuahuas do you think you could fight off? Right. While nobody at the Armstrong and Getty Show uh, condones punching 11-year-old girls in the face, um, I see the point you're right getting toward. At what point... 2,000 chihuahuas, easy. <laughs> Stop <laughs> Quite it. a few. I tell you, I'm quite a few. I'm putting you in a room with a hundred chihuahuas and just oh, we're laughing. I'll take one chihuahua and the other chihuahuas will uh, meet the. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's your strategy. Yeah. You're going to take out the biggest, meanest chihuahua, <laughs> and the others will turn tail. <laughs> I get it. So anyway, Jack, yeah, uh, executive producer Hanson has rolled that for you. So he's surrounded by uh, teen and preteen females who are screaming and shouting at him. A couple of them take little shoves at him. He's far too big to be moved by their shoves. He pushes one girl back. She uh, stumbles back about 15 feet, then comes right back at him. And he hits her with a left cross right in the face and knocks her out. Now, I don't think I could bring myself to punch a child like that. But, right. he, but he had to do something All right, someone's you running at it's you. It's going to give me a seizure. Um, so jumping around and moving around. Uh, right. Put your hand on their head, and then they can't yeah, reach I, you. I do that with my son. I do that. That that classic routine. You know, listen, I wasn't there. I don't know why they're surrounding him, screaming at him. Don't know uh, what they were screaming. That makes a difference, too. It was hard to... Uh, I, I heard, like, a who are you, or... He says, break it up. Right. Someone responds with, who is this guy? Right. And then the rest of the video, as we see, plays out. But we don't know what... Right. If so I'm did he show up to a fight and he tried to stop? That kind of sounds... If I'm, if I'm connecting dots, that's what I'm guessing. Mm, and he right. just... There didn't. was absolutely violence in the air um, as he was being surrounded and shoved. Uh, you know, this is, this is such a minefield. Because somebody will take a single s- statement we make out of context and try to end our careers. I'll tell you this. Uh, there's plenty of not great behavior to go around in that scene. People are not acting like civilized humans. I'd hate to be in that situation. Though. Uh, I would hate to be in that situation. I'm not sure you can justify uh, uh, taking out an 11-year-old girl with a full-force punch as a large gent. guy's name is Steve, uh, David Bell. He's a uh, piano teacher, of all things. Violence in the air, exchanging punches, See, tinkle, I, tinkle, I, tinkle, I, tinkle. I wouldn't even go there if I were you. But, He's uh, playing the piano and singing I guess, a song. Yeah, I got the joke. I just didn't like it. <laughs> so anyway, everybody's yelling at each other online about who was right and who was wrong and dividing into predictable camps and screaming at each other, which is America's well, real Well, Joe, pastime. but the video went viral, and when a video goes viral, you have to pay attention to it. You I can't s- ignore a viral video. I sit corrected. I don't think you understand how... Society works. I sit corrected. Look what's on the TV. Guess who's asking questions of the Attorney General now? Ted Cruz's beard. A bearded Ted Cruz. With his Wolverine beard. It's much more it. much more trim than it was the other day down on the border. I liked it down on the border. He's looking pretty looking pretty good. good I like Ted Cruz in a beard. Yeah. I mean, visually speaking, you know, I actually like his politics too, but um I'm just talking about his look. No, it was better when it was thicker. He's got the, like, gray around the sides of his chin, and so it looked like he had Wolverine uh, mutton chops, which is very cool. I mean, Ted Cruz may be the least Wolverine-y guy in the Senate. (laughs) 
Um, this oh. is beard analysis with Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> sure, sure. You can tell a lot by a man's beard. <laughs> can you? All right, they so that's cut my beard and forced me to eat it. Oh, good lord, that's uncivilized. Did that happen in Asheville as well? Lawless, lawless Asheville. I actually, my beloved aunt and uncle live just outside of Asheville. Um, I would like to go visit them more than I possibly can. Anyway, uh, moving along. Uh, a couple of guys, Southern California. One, Majid Gorbani, works at a Persian restaurant, slings rice and kebab. He's 59 years old. He's got that weary look of a guy who's slinging food in a restaurant. He's sitting outside talking to 38-year-old Ahmadreza Mohammadi Dutstar, Long Beach guy, holds U.S.-Iranian citizenship, dual citizenship. Two of them are sipping coffee at the Starbucks in Costa Mesa, California. They're being trailed by federal agents, Jack. Turns out the two of them, in spite of their regular schlub appearances, were uh, Islam, um, uh, Iranian agents, agents of the Islamic Republic of Iran. Um, and their gig was they conducted surveillance on Israeli and Jewish facilities in the U.S., they collected information on members of this MEK. It's an Iranian uh, exile group. They'd videotape their demonstrations and try to figure out who was there so that pressure could be put on their family members back home and that sort of thing, um, among other uh, hijinks. Iranian spies. Yeah, they crisscrossed the United States doing this stuff. So there's... Uh, oh, and, t- and uh, ominously photographing Jewish centers in Chicago, for instance. Well, an American got snatched up in Iran just recently, first one since Trump has become president. He's a college professor who was there to do some research, he says. I don't know that he's not a spy. He he and his family claim they're not. Iran claims he is, which they, you know, they're bad guys. They They might be doing that. But would I be shocked if it turned out before he headed over there, the CIA said, hey, could you take some pictures and stop by and check this out while you're there? Good. You could get this guy a death sentence. Which side are you on, Jack Armstrong? Go ahead. Answer the question. You on our side or theirs? You're trying to give this guy... Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Well, we He's do not a spy. Let him loose. We do a lot of spying. They spy. We spy. Everybody's spying. I'd love to be a spy. I think I'd be a good one. You might be one. I'd Listen wear, to you making excuses. I'd wear a cloak. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, yo, son. This is fine. Oh, I like that one. That was brief. Back when I used to drive a Jetta that was lowered with blacked out windows, I would have jammed that tune. He actually did, folks. <laughs> Here's your host, Joe Getty. <laughs> Let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the hour. It's Marshall Phillips. Final thought? Well, a lot of rain coming down where I live. My back patio area flooded, so I went out yesterday and bought some new waders. Now I'm only waders? Like you're going fly fishing? Well, no, actually just waiting. You know, the okay. boots, the high right. boots. Right. So anyway... Anyway, today after work, I'm going to go out and rake out the drain this afternoon, feeling very, very manly in my new high uh, high top boots. Great. Uh, take a picture and post it online. Michael, quickly, final thought. All right. I want to reach out to a gentleman who's currently suffering from depression, feeling unloved, and has had a lot of negative thoughts. Um, Joe Getty, your internet will come back. Just hang in there. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Keep hope alive. Positive, Sean, your final thought? Uh, yes, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson joined one of the late night shows, did some uh, some President Trump slam poetry. Don't have time to play it, but I just wanted to say that Samuel L. Jackson is the third greatest Samuel of all time. Behind? Uh, Adams and Clemens. Oh, that's pretty good. Nice. Jack, do you have a final thought as co-host? I'd put Samuel Johnson in the top three, but... Um, Good one. I I should dismiss all my New Year's... Samuel Hagar. I should get rid of all my <laughs> New Year's... <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> 
Go ahead. I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, don't be bitter. I'm not bitter. I just don't have time. Okay. My final thought is, yeah, my internet's out for three days, and as far as I can tell, Adam, Tom, and Tim haven't fixed it yet. You know what? If it's still out when I get home, I'm going to read a book. Yeah, that's one thing I was going to mention is my New Year's resolution should be one thing and one thing only. Spend less time staring at my phone. Yeah. That's more important than any of the other crap I'm worried about. Yeah. You're retraining your brain. Oh, you. absolutely. Uh, I am. Why am I saying you? Me. How are you, we? You, them. How are us? we not more concerned about that we've altered our brains as adults? Right. Why doesn't that bother us and more? what it's doing to the kids. Oh, yeah. How about Samuel Davis Jr.? Pretty good Samuel. <laughs> if they No, if they go by Sam, it doesn't count. They have to go by Samuel. Oh, Okay. You can't just you can't just hijack some Sams in there. Armstrong okay. and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank, so little time. If you'd like to email us, go to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. How about Samuel from the Book of Samuel, the Bible? That's a, that's a, good, that's one. a good scene. Good See one. you tomorrow. God bless America. Solid. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. Bye-bye. And according to newer research, it's now just 10%. Armstrong and Getty.